on this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have one of our favorite guests, and we basically say screw you to Twitter. We have Preston Johnson, and we do a pretty deep dive into last week and sort of a lot of the analytics behind what happened in the NFL last week. And then finally, uh, we actually talk a little about Preston's weight loss and the analytics behind that. And then finally, we talk about this week's games and where the edge may be in betting them. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage is sports game. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where. The habit we have is just to literally ignore all your feedback and to do exactly what you don't want. And therefore, we're bringing back on our bearded friend, Preston Johnson. Yeah, I thought Rob and I were canceled. That's what that's what the Internet said. You guys are quadrupling down here. Well, I mean, for us, especially during the NFL season, I feel like we like to have people on that can actually talk about the NFL I don't know if that's like a weird concept for us to try to do, but that's really what we try to do. And also, we, we haven't had you on since, you know, before New Year's, before, like a lot has happened since then. I mean, we did have you on as part of the Calcutta, but generally we haven't had you on. Um, no, we had him on after the Calcutta, actually. We had him on two weeks ago. No, we didn't. Rob, yeah, we did. maybe. Not me. No, no, no Rob it was, oh no, it was David Al. It was David Al. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like, we haven't you guys are both out West. Okay, so let, let's let's start in uh, with the juicy stuff. Let's review last weekend. Um, watching that Chiefs game uh, when Mahomes went down, uh, what did you guys – did you guys look at the in-game betting market? What Were there opportunities in there one way or the other? Uh, Preston, I know you're not gambling per se until you lose some weight, but you are, I'm sure, still watching these markets. Of course, and uh, I'll take heat for this, but uh, I, I, I don't consider it a wager, but it technically was because I was, you know, already pre-committed before 2021 to this Calcutta, and when Mahomes went out, and we're pretty invested in Mahomes to win that game against Cleveland as well as potentially these next two, as far as Kansas City is concerned, I did bet some live Browns plus eight and a half. So in my own head, I feel okay about it as far as my goal for not really betting until I lose 50 pounds. Um, that's still in the mix, but uh, I did get some, you know what, by the way, interesting point on the in game markets for anyone that jumped in that first break after he went out. And it was just so obviously I'm not obvious, but it seemed at least uh, clear. He wasn't going to be returning based on how he was able to st- stand up or the lack of ability to stand up. I saw as high as plus six fifty on the Browns at that point in time, money line and as low as chiefs minus four Oh five. That was the difference across multiple books in the in-game money line price, that first break after the Mahomes thing. So uh, there was a ton of money to be made just from sheer arbitrage and scalping that, which I did not do. All I did was bet Browns plus eight and a half, but uh, it worked out because they covered that. And then Kansas City's still alive in the Calcutta. But that is my my one wager I have made now this year. Rufus, did you look at the live lines at all or were you just um, in sort of marital bliss? No, I was uh, I was live betting. I, you know, and, and I actually, 
like to Preston's point, I, I saw the same thing that the markets initially didn't really think that they, they weren't sure. And, and there was a little bit of value in the Browns, but once everybody knew Mahomes was out, I thought the market overreacted. And, and I thought there was value to be had on the chiefs there, which I don't think is a huge surprise. I think people like, I think we've seen markets overreact to like superstar injured players in general. And when the market doesn't have time to process the information properly, um, which is the case with live betting. You don't have time for sharps to basically bet it into place. It's sort of like a reaction. And, you know, a lot of public people, you know, the, the, they're worried about the public betting the Browns there, um, which the public was probably doing. I thought there was some Chiefs value and, you know, and I took it. And I think that, um, I think the other point is that there wasn't a lot of game time left. And given the Chiefs were winning, um, you had a situation where there was less leverage when the chiefs had the ball. If it was a situation where the chiefs were down in the fourth quarter, it would have been a greater impact. But the fact that you had basically a quarter left in the chiefs for the team that were winning, um, you didn't need that much from Henny at that point. I mean, yes, it was a competitive game, but I, you know, I laid some minus, well, this was late third quarter, early fourth, you know, some, I mean, I, I laid money line prices over minus 200 on the chiefs. I was probably I'm trying to actually find my bad history to see. So it, why, why do you guys think that the um, live line markets can get so out of whack, right? We know right now that there's not a ton of arbitrage opportunities typically, um, but the live lines, it's, it's sounding like there were, meaning like these are, are people using different services? Are they not? Um, are, are different places originating themselves? Like, how, how is this getting so out of whack? I mean, it's, yes, they're using different originating services. Um, and, and you know, the which sometimes love, you know, differing lines, like pretty dramatically, like under normal conditions. And I think you introduce this where no model is going to be able to handle this perfectly. I mean, models are, you know, it it's it, you know garbage in garbage out right i mean it's all it all depends on your inputs and how much you value chat you know mahomes versus chad henny um you're gonna see a lot of different things and it's basically people having to react in real time and say hey how like what is the situation that i haven't really encountered how how do i process this what you know what liability am i worried about et cetera. Et cetera. so do you think it's a liability issue or do you think it's the fact that like no, I mean, I think they're worried about where the, they're anticipating the action coming in. I think they're trying to protect themselves in this situation. I don't think books see Mahomes injured. Let's just rake in the dough. I think I don't think that's what they're thinking. I think let's protect ourselves from getting crushed if we're wrong. But they still so, they they need to be able to hang a line though. So I mean, I um, think you get you get kind of crucified if you don't, and so they need to hang a line and just not be, you know, and and not take on a huge amount of liability when they really don't know. Well, so Preston, you were saying that you were seeing pretty big arbitrage opportunities. If you had been a betting man, which I know you're not right now, um, but but where did you see these? Like, what? Where were the big disparities? I e like because I'm just I guess I'm still like a teeny bit confused, right? Like I don't I fundamentally thought that everyone was just kind of copying each other, and I understand that like they don't have as much time to react and markets don't have as much time to become efficient. But I would think that like, Rufus, I don't know if I agree with you. Like, why do they have to hang a line? You're saying like, they just, they, they feel that way because they, they feel like they're losing out 
on certain volume and ability to get edge at that point. So I mean, they, think they about gotta, this. Yeah, if you're a book that won't hang, isn't hanging a line when these things happen, and and I'm a recreational better, I, I want to go to the book that will hang the line. I want to be able to bet, even if okay, I'm wrong. So, I, I want to be able to, yeah. Especially in these situations where, as a recreational better, I'm like, oh, I have an opinion. I think the market's wrong. So, uh, Preston, where did you see these variable lines, and like, what what were the do, you, do we have any idea where these guys are originating from or where they're, what they're copying? Uh, to, to be honest, I'm not sure of where the origination is coming from for some of these. I definitely, there was a handful of shops that I don't think, like it's just on an algorithm that's running. And unless they had someone manually making the adjustment in that, I don't know, was it a three to four minute window, if that. Um, I just think they went up with what would have been the line potentially uh, with or without Mahomes, like, if Mahomes was playing, excuse me, and then he's out. And so I think eight and a half was the number. The Browns are getting the ball down 12. Maybe that is the line, though, um, if Mahomes isn't playing. But it was bet down to like six and a half. And I saw the six and a half juiced as high as like minus 170 within the commercial break. And so it, whatever, if it was the eight and a half, that was, I think, some books kind of just putting what was close to Mahomes expected line. It obviously got hit away the other direction. So um, like, I don't know, like PPH, like if anyone are using skins locally and what whatnot, there's going to be a bunch of variation there. I I know Penny and Chris differed some, like, like their money lines, I think were like a dollar off, which uh, is I think really big, all things considered, which is to Jeff's point, right? Like this is like, shouldn't everyone be around the same number? How do you account or gauge for a thing like Mahomes might not return to the game? And uh, I think in those cases, obviously Penny and Chris had someone I'm sure that was on top of it and posted where they thought it should be. Um, and I think both ended up being high themselves versus where it ended up right before the, you know, the next drive started. Uh, but also I think Rufus after the Browns scored and they cut it to five, that's kind of when he thought there might've been value the other way on Kansas city. I don't think you were laying minus two hundreds prior to that. So um, right. At that point, but, there could have been a liability issue where they're like, hey, let's try to get some Kansas City money cheaper just because we just took infinity, infinity on the Browns, you know, last break. Let's see. No, I was laying some. No, I was I was laying more than minus 300 at certain points. Um, okay, maybe so that was me. I, I, I was talking. So I, it was interesting um, talking to, to Matt David Al, since, you know, he has a company that actually is making these lines and and hearing his perspective. Your man there. crush, Matt David Al. I met my, his yeah. New name, that's my the, his new name on our show is your man crush. You know, there, there's worse man crushes to have. Um, but game he one. said, I don't game know. One. Anybody else? He's going to really make Jeff Ma. Clay Travis, that'd be the worst one. Yeah, that's the worst man crush. I was going to say J Mac, but I know he listens to this, so so now you just said it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now we gonna get a text from him that that there's like you know like here he'll, he'll say I got mentioned. mentioned. Yeah, exactly. I heard I got brought up on bet the pro bet the process. <laughs> Good thing you know the name of our podcast. Rufus. I, I earlier today I said bet the podcast process to somebody. I like that you're talking about our podcast during the day, though. I'm telling um, it. So but, it, wait, wait, but Jeff, Jeff, wait. Yeah. So I talked with David Al, um, mm-hmm. and he he basically said that they, you know, the number they were sending out, you know, he his opinion was the number should be even higher in Kansas City, and but basically, you know, they're having to, they obviously are are selling a they have a service and they need to put up a, a number that's bookable, 
And so, and I think they were still, Deck Prism was still higher than the market. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because if you think about it, your point about the, the lack of time and how that sort of change at, at the position, you know, like if you think about how many plays it actually ended up mattering in, it wasn't a ton of plays, right? And, and on that one, you know, let's just move on to that, to that other, the last fourth down play, which I think may have been one of the like ballsiest calls slash plays I've seen in a long time. And, you know, I have a question. I'm going to interrupt because you all, you like to interrupt generally. Did you want them to snap the ball there? I was literally going to ask you the exact same question. Oh, I love this. Because generally like in those spots, if you're on the defensive side, yeah. you never want them to go for it on fourth. You want them to punt. And that's like kind of the determining factor of, is this a good decision to go on fourth? I, that I had a slight like, Oh my gosh, when they started moving and they hiked it. And then before I could really sense that I had it, it was already complete and it was done. And so, but there was like a slight second sliver of time where I was like, oh no, just because we're so heavily invested. You know, I, I was sort of ambivalent and ambivalent in a, as the time was running down, I was like thinking to myself, all right, they're going to, if they don't, if they don't snap it, it's going to be 120. They're probably going to have to go like, 80 yards at least with with no timeouts 110 that's a situation where you get like one sack and the game's probably over in that situation right Mm -hmm. that's that's often what happens and so you you don't have a lot of room for error so I was fine with them punting there when, when normally I'd be like a go for it kind of person but I also was okay with them going for it. I just kind of couldn't believe they were going to if the way they executed it was brilliant and I think that's what ended up winning yeah everybody thought that they were just going for the, to draw out, draw them off sides. The other thing though, is that like it, it's the getting to midfield part is much easier than getting the last 50 yards in the two, in the like one minute drill. Sure. And the right? Browns are super methodical. They were playing slowly throughout the game and yeah, it would have been tough for them to go 80 plus in that. I agree. You know, seven, 70 seconds or so. Yeah. It would have been probably, I, mean, I, I think we're also saying it would have been relatively hard for them to go 50, 50 yards. Plus. The game wasn't over. Right. Exactly. So in, in that situation, what probability do you think their probability of success was on that play call with all sort of all the circumstances, i.e. they snapped it in a surprise situation, um, they, you know, the play they ran, et cetera. What, what, what chance of success would you say that was over 90% chance of a success? To, to be honest, no. the, I think, the, I think the, the chances – Ninety hmm, percent. That's a pretty. I think that's a pretty good line, actually, because but with Chad, Henry I think I, I think the difference. Yeah, the, I don't. You it's could have probably made that pass. pass I know, I know, but, but this, but, this but, is what it was. Pressure. There's pressure. They hiked. And... They hiked it at five seconds, and when the play is hike, catch, throw to Tyree Kill, the fastest man on the planet, going just basically on a on a flat line to the outside. When you're able to hike at five instead of one, when the defense might think you could still hike it. Like that split second is worth so much to Tyree Kill just getting mm-hmm. open and for the outside defensive end rushing to not like be in position where he can get a hand up and try to block it. That I think it was like oh, such a high likelihood that they completed it. Even with Chad Henney, there's obviously outs where Tyree Kill just drops the ball or Henney throws it into the grass or whatever. But like I, I think it was really pretty high hiking it at five seconds after everyone. And did you guys hear in catch there was you could audibly hear Henney say with 16 seconds on the clock let the clock go, let the clock go, like, let it run down, let it run down and kind of trying to like give off this sense of we're going to wait until the very last second, 
which they didn't do. And the defense just was that split second too late. So I thought it was really high likelihood at that point. And it's really smart too, because the defense, I mean, I mean, you've seen in games this postseason defenses jump off sides in the situation where you're pretty sure the offense is just trying to draw them off sides. You know, it's got to be a hard position so where to make you need sure to be aggressive, but yeah. your number one priority is to not jump. True. Yeah. I mean, so what do you think there was a calculation in their heads of the probability of success? I mean, I know that Andy Reid's probably not thinking about this in terms, in terms of win expectancy or whatnot, but I mean, you have to feel like you have about a 90% chance of success there to do it. Right. Well, you know, what's impressive outside of the play itself is, and I've wondered this to myself so far this week, but do you guys think that they had like had that situation pre-planned, whether it was Mahomes or Henny, it was like a team thing that if we're ever in this spot where we're going for it on fourth and short, around midfield in a playoff game up five or, you know, one score we're we're going to like intentionally hike it with five seconds after we're making them think we're going to run it all the way down, try to draw them off, call a timeout. Like, is that a pre devised like setup that they just always had in their back pocket? Or did they really just like tell them through the helmet, like, Hey, we're going to hike it five, make them think. Cause he said audibly it was 16 seconds, let the clock play down, let it run down, let it run down. Hold up, hold up. I, I don't know the answer to that. My hope is that they're preparing for those situations, you know, beforehand, but if they pulled that off just in between plays, then it's even it's, it's more genius. Henny's been around a while. I think that, you know, he's a, he obviously has to have some value. Then you're putting a ton of trust in him too. Which yeah. you'd, you'd have to think, yeah. you'd have to think Preston that they, that they did prepare. They did practice that they, they had that in the back pocket. And, and as we talked about on the podcast last week, they were using the good playbook this week, the good plays. So that was one of the good plays. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 again, like I, I, I loved it, you know, and if it, I guess if it hadn't been successful, would I still love the decision? I don't yeah. know. Like it was such a 50, 50 call to me, like from, from even from out, like, cause to your point, I think, we kind of always know what the right decision is by how we feel about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I was really ambivalent about that one. So I do think it was probably 50, 50. So I was probably going to be very prone uh, to, to results bias. Wait, can I just say that like people like John Gruden and Ron Rivera and Bruce Arians probably also say the same thing. I know the right decision. I just feel it. Um, I know you're using it differently, but I'm saying, the whole, you, you're I mean, arguing, yeah, coaches all the our time argument is with their against gut. using the gut. And you're saying your gut tells you when coaches are making mistakes because, it's, well, because it's really hold on, hold on. Gut know, is super vague. If you're, if you're well-versed enough, Rufus, you can watch a game and you could tell me if a win probability model, just from how you feel when a decision is made, if it was a correct or an incorrect decision. So right. just, I guess what I'm saying is, it's, what it's I'm like saying is coaches feel like, like they hands. have that internal processor where they can do that too. My, that's my it, point. That's this, what they'll this show, say this, for sure. This show right. is called the process, be wrong. right? So, so the, the process that we're saying, the, the way that my gut ends up coming up with this answer is not based on like, it's based on the fact that like to Preston's point, like I kind of know which is the optimal decision based on, you know, no, like having yeah. seen a lot of these numbers, you know? Like when it when teams make clearly bad decisions, you know, going for a field goal and I'm rooting for the defense, I'm happy from a gut standpoint because I, I know that was a bad decision. 
I don't okay. know if it's, I, I can't believe you just fucking call me Bruce Arians. <laughs> okay. So can I say, so David Al, they were, you know, said he, he, I love how he tweets out basically on the fourth down decisions, what, you know, what things cost mm-hmm. teams and they make bad decisions. He says, Andy Reed takes his team's chances from 86% to 91% by going for fourth and one. And maybe was even better than that as he could have called timeout and tried again, if he didn't like his play call, great coaching. Someone asked if like, um, if it considered play, you know, if the analysis considered the teams involved and blah, blah, blah. And he said, and Ed Miller said, yes, of course it does. We actually are having to account for this because mm-hmm. um, we're having, you know, we're actually making bookable lines and they're factoring in there was Henny and not Mahomes. So. Well Anyways. done. Well done. Okay. So, I mean, so- to me, to me, I'm just saying 5% there seems like a lot. That doesn't seem like a marginal decision. 86% to 91%. Yeah, no, that's big. A lot of the Sorry, Steve. So David Al said it was a 5% gain yeah. based yeah. on that decision. There you go. It might have a lot to do with what you guys brought up earlier in the fact that the Browns going 50 yards in a minute 20 with no timeouts is just, you know, not very likely anyways. And if you win the game, yeah. But obviously there has I mean, to be it's some like probability one of, those things, of them going 90 yards, though. If they had no chance of making it 90 yards, then then it's 100% if you punt. 14% is what he would say. Right. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because like, uh, you know, in that situation, uh, I, I just think that any, anytime you have that high probability to end the game, which is essentially what they did, right. They had, they had a very high probability to end the game. So I don't know. I'll give okay. Rufus a little bit of credit before we change subjects. That don't, maybe, don't do that. maybe, do maybe we had a little more bias to the, that actually scared us a little bit side, but yeah, I'll, I'll give him some credit for that. Now that we kind of talked it through. I had chiefs money line too. So I, it, you know, I didn't, you know, were, you were I also didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what so, to feel either, okay, okay. but when they hey, did snap it, I was like, I think it's right. Anyway. Now that, now that we gave Rufus some credit, let's, let's um, pile on him. Your, your little boy breeze sucked last him. week. Yeah. Right. He's awful. And, uh, this is the cheetah Jeff victory tour over you in the Calcutta because we had Tampa and you had the saints. Yep. Right. Um, when you look back on that and you know, your high number that we knew you'd had sort of all season on the saints and especially going into this game, um, is there anything that you would like reevaluate now or, or do you think like, Hey, there was just no way to know that, 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 that breeze was going to be so shitty. So the thing is, if you look at the Saints numbers, it, you know, this last game notwithstanding, it doesn't look like the Saints have been shitty. They've been very good at moving the ball pretty consistently, and they have a really good defense. So Kate actually tweeted something that I found very interesting. He said um, he, about, so, so um, Ben Baldwin basically said, this is why you got to watch film on Breeze. You can't box score scout, basically. Um, and and Cade tweeted, this fits with the, quote, broken leg exception for algorithms. But how can we objectively quantify the quarterback ain't right factor so it can be dropped in as a check on an algo? Sincere question, as it's really important. And I think that's true. And unless, I, I, I think if you had something looking at, I mean, it's almost like, starting pitchers in baseball and, and if you see velocity drops it's a sign of injury things like that you know i i think if you if you looked at breeze and maybe his 
if you had the next gen stuff and we're able to look at it velocity and, and sort of depth of targets and stuff like that and saw substantial changes. I mean, it's, it does seem like though you get to a point where you, a quarterback falls off a cliff and you saw it with Peyton Manning in t- 2015. And by the way, I tweeted this when the saints were actually winning in the first half of the game, I think that the drew Brees reminds me of 2015 Peyton Manning who had what nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. That and was just, like a deep tweet. I had to like, think about what that meant. Well, and they won the super bowl with him though. Yeah, with yeah. their defense. That with was their the Miller did. game, right? Yep, yep. But and is... they were playing against a quarterback that actually couldn't throw either, as, as it turns out. <laughs> it helps. It... So they were both equal there. Therefore, one couldn't run and throw. One couldn't throw but could run. So this is true. There, there you go. No, it, it, it's a tough thing to do. And, and the Saints were a very good team this year. And you know, our prior on Breeze was high, but even without a prior, we really liked the Saints. I mean, we liked them a lot this season, and we're not the only ones. I mean, Football Outsiders had them as that they had the top DVOA this year. But I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. It does seem like they don't they don't have the same upside as these other good teams. They don't have an explosive offense. They have to basically be perfect in their execution. Um, I think to sort of hang with the big boys, and so. Um, you know, I guess I put my money where my mouth is in terms of the ratings and it, it did not pay off for me. Preston, how did you feel about being on the right side of a Saints playoff meltdown? There was one time where Preston and I were um, on tilt the night before a Saints, <laughs> a Saints game. Last year. I think it was the Saints-Minnesota Vikings. game. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, and, and we decided to bet some Saints money line. We're just like, oh, we'll get we're it like, back. Let's, let's just do what everyone's not tomorrow. supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. NFL money lines in the playoffs. So I, I just want to make this a taste of mail discussion. If we could go that direction, that would be flawless. But what uh, about Jameis Winston? <laughs> okay. You also would have made that throw too, Rufus. There were wait, four wait. Tampa Bay Buccaneers that went to the wrong receiver and everyone it's, was worshiping so Jameis. It's so true. Um, but in general, what was your question, Jeff? I already forgot what it was. Oh, how I felt on being on the other side. I also, to be honest, I'm usually always rooting against Tom Brady. And so it was nice rooting for that guy. Uh, I tweeted about it right after just because I, I it's like one of the first times I can remember where I had, you know, actual significant um, outcome, depending on if Tom Brady won a game and he just seems to always win games. And so I wish I had realized that years ago, but uh, yeah, it was good being on Tom Brady's side. Hopefully he can pull off one more somehow this weekend. Are you hedging? Are you guys hedging? No, I, I won't. I only did the one on the Browns just because, you know, Mahomes went down and I was like, well, this could end. And then it's just, it's a bigger amount of Rufus coin than typical for me anyways. So That's, I mean, uh, you guys would have gotten uh, shut out zero on the chiefs, huh? Yeah. It would have been a zero for Kansas painful. city, which is the most expensive team in the Calcutta. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I uh, am not going to hedge. Uh, although I, um, our, our model, not to, to foreshadow, but our model actually likes the, the, the Packers minus the three there. So I'll probably end up playing just a normal size, if it, if it went to i know we want to talk about the games maybe at a different point more in depth but if it got pushed to two and a half like buck saints did this last week sunday morning uh, i would definitely be inclined to play green bay there as well well are you going to lose 47 pounds by then or something or 43 no, pounds i, what, I what just would, i would just make the point I, what is that rufus i, I want to we want an update an update uh so as of monday i am down nine pounds 
which uh, is pretty good because I've wanted to kind of like ease my way into it as well. Otherwise I just would have hated myself right away and the motivation would have been tougher to keep up on. So uh, I've done a few things like intermittent fasting that I've stuck to exactly. And I've exercised regularly, which I wasn't doing as often since quarantine stuff early 2020. Uh, and the diet has been uh, better, but not perfect. But I like eliminated sugar, no fried foods, but I'm still like having carbs occasionally. I'm not like super hardcore yet there, but I plan to like every two weeks kind of add something else to like, get to a point where uh, by March, I'm like pretty hardcore into to what I'm doing. Nice. So uh, my business partner um, once had a bet. He had to lose, I think, 50 pounds in two months, maybe Ooh, something like that. That's quick. Yeah. He did nothing the first two weeks and after, and then he, I guess, did it all in six weeks. Um, Holy cow. So people can correct, like Ed Teach and others can correct. It wasn't him. It was, uh, it's a guy that is not on Twitter can correct me on this though. Um, but, but I think he, and all he did was eat shrimp and green beans. He doesn't like vegetables except green beans. He just ate shrimp and green shrimp beans. Super protein filled, like nothing else. Basically like, that's yeah. all he ate. And he walked or ran like 12 miles a day and he oh, did wow. it. Well, that's yeah. a lot too. <laughs> he said he did it with like, with, with like a week to spare or something. Wow. That's impressive. How, was he, how, how big was he? Cause two fifty. if you know, but is he shorter? Six. Two. Okay. So he, so getting down to 200 or so at six, two, that's does, like, does crazy. he have a beard? No, he a beard. No, yeah, that's true. I have an advantage there. I can shave that if I need yeah, to. Yeah. He can oh. just shave that and then he can start betting again. That'll, that'll really take care of matters. Point wise. I think there's value at two and a half. If it happens, regardless of me betting it or not, I, I do think green Bay and you said yeah, you like it anyway at minus three. What so. I want to know is I, I, are there any, have there been any side markets on your, your weight loss? No. Well, part of the reason I did it this way was to prevent, I know some like, like Joey, uh, like Kanish, he wanted to like make a side market and I didn't even respond. I don't think anything did, but my whole point of doing it this way is generally like in this space or poker space or DFS space, when you do side props like this, you're, or side bets, you're usually doing the, the prop against somebody else that knows mm-hmm. you. And so there's, they have an incentive to root against you. And I just didn't want that to be the case at all. I wanted people to, you know, root me on and be on my team, so to speak. So uh, I just wanted to eliminate that and basically said, I have to do this and theoretically costing myself, you know, value. That's not really in condition nature. Your, the, uh, it's support. accountability. Yeah. It was really uncharacteristic tweet from him. So I just glossed over it and moved on. <laughs> it okay, is can we, um... I mean, wait, wait, because Bales has talked a lot about the sort of accountability. Um, and, yeah. And creating that's another reason why I made it public to, too. Yeah. The accountability. I th- like, I feel like now I have to do this, right? Like if I, did it, try to do it on my own secretly and then like it'd be a lot easier to give up so that's true um god rufus no, i was gonna say i said good on you i was gonna say good on you okay. gracias like you got more no i mean it's it's yeah no i don't have more <laughs> we're gonna have to teach you how to finish a thought once you finish the thought you usually just stop talking right i think he's and just so easy. used to stopping once you start talking because he heard it so much <laughs> so he didn't true. know if he was supposed to finish or not I, i'm not i never get a chance to finish so i don't know what it's like <laughs> is that <laughs> okay i can go so many directions with that statement and i'll just leave it oh, i have too much respect for eli i'll just leave <laughs> it at that. Didn't even okay um anyways <laughs> okay. uh so all right so we closed out on the saints then 
right? We we we're basically saying like your numbers just you you stand by them. Maybe Breeze wasn't right in this game, but it just no, seems Breeze like is a definitely hard thing. not right. Right. I mean, it's 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 the part about you know it's, just, it's so a, the about, model about, did not recognize basically that Breeze fell off a cliff. But but Rufus, and, and did the you, model wasn't built to be anything? able to recognize that. Did you do any analysis on him in his how many games did he have back before this? Two uh, games? Four? No, it was more than two for sure. Wasn't I mean, it? he wasn't great the whole season anyway, but or it didn't seem like to me. But but did you bother evaluating how he'd been in his return versus before his return? Before early? No, I didn't. I mean, I don't think there would be a ton to find, but maybe there is. I don't know. But but I think the problem is I'm not looking at the things that I would want to be looking at. Meaning like, I'm not looking at the velocity of his throws. I'm looking at the outcomes of the plays. I'm looking at, you know, the play success, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not looking like the Massey Peabody is not looking at depth of target stuff, which he, he had four games prior, just a heads up. There you go. Uh, okay. So moving on to playoff Lamar, is that, is that a thing? Do you guys think that, that Lamar really underperforms in the playoffs? I mean, we have – You guys want me to, to give the Doug Kazarian theory? Oh, yeah, of course. Anytime we can have a – you know, you so reporting on a, I, a, a gentleman and a scholar's on ideas, we, so we want I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I don't think it's a, lo- a logical. I always want to keep an open mind no matter what. Um, week to week during the regular season, it's tougher to prepare for Lamar Jackson – when you have like other teams you're preparing for those other weeks. And then it's like, Oh, here's the Ravens. We have a few days. We had to play them, but come playoff time, uh, you know, teams are able to really like sink in and, you know, give that max prep effort on a Lamar Jackson style offense. And maybe somewhat has more game film on them. And it's, you know, teams are able to figure him out, uh, which has been the case most of this season versus the year prior when he won the MVP. So uh, his assessment is that because it's the playoffs, defenses and you know, game planning is you know at a, at another level than it would be week to week in the regular season. Well, is, and he is, can't beat that essentially. Is it comparable to like a military academy option, option style, style football? Yeah. That's kind of the same sentiment. Like in a bowl game, when you have four weeks to prepare for an option versus you have six, five or six days or whatever. Although so, actually ha, like, isn't Nate, hasn't Navy been really good in bowl games? They've been crushing the last, like they had a Virginia yeah. game recently and they won by 50 and yeah, so, you never know. Well, so, but Those that would, that would make sense if, if there were more time to prepare. Right. But there's not necessarily more. It's time the, it's the effort you're putting into the time you have to prepare. That seems stupid. Right. That's like, that's like, Hey, just they're trying harder. Maybe there's something to like, is there better coaching typically in the playoffs from a selection bias standpoint? Just because the teams are better anyway. The that teams be are better anyways, right? I mean, well, like there's just like, maybe it's like a quartile thing. Maybe we're maybe, looking at the wrong thing. Maybe it's not even Lamar Jackson. Sorry, I'm interrupting you now, Jeff. Dude, maybe it's John Harbaugh. All the time. You, I, just get, I just get a bad rap for doing the interrupting. I know I do. Maybe it's John Harbaugh. Because when I looked at it, I think I mentioned this the other week, um, which coaches overperform um, and underperform like against good teams and bad teams, basically which guys play up to their opponents um, and which guys um, struggle against good opponents, basically um, relative expectation. And basically everybody's 
somewhere on the curve, right? They either are better relative to expectation against good teams or worse relative to expectation against good teams relative to bad teams. But uh, John Harbaugh was number three on the guy that basically is bad against good teams and better against bad teams, which basically says maybe their style has always just been, we're going to do what we do. And if we execute, they're not going to beat us. But that style, like when you're up against guys that are sort of tailoring custom game plans uh, in the postseason, like Andy Reid's that are saving the good plays, just doesn't work as well. So we we just came up with a bunch of theories for this. Does is, does this mean that we do believe there's something to this, or is this just small sample size? Well, I was referencing like an argument that Doug made. My inclination here would be. Two, two years ago, playoff Lamar, right, against Tennessee, well, they went forward on four fourth and ones and missed all four, and they were 100% on the year, like eight, or, eight for eight or nine for nine going into that game. Otherwise, they probably beat Tennessee. Uh, the defense held Buffalo to one offensive touchdown. Um, the Ravens themselves got inside the Buffalo 30-yard line, I believe, five or six times and got three points. So – and then, then, you know, a quarter and a half was without Lamar or whatever it was. So I, I don't – someone just told me to bet USC large in a thread. I'm not sure why, but if you guys want to do that, that's something maybe worth doing. Um, there's – I don't know if it starts in 14 minutes or if it's for our day, that's not today. But uh, just a heads up. Anyways, I, I think there's definitely a path where Baltimore wins that game and it's not even a question. So I, I just wouldn't want to – I wouldn't want to assume or make any sort of – uh, decisions on playoff Lamar being a thing yet. I, I think, I mean, the, he's still like young anyways, too. Like he can maybe get better. We saw Josh Allen make a leap this year with his pass accuracy. Uh, maybe Lamar never will, but also there's a chance he does. And if that's the case, then they're going to be well more, way more equipped in the playoffs when teams are forcing him to make throws. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think there's room for him to grow in that regard. I, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, Preston. I think he could, there could be something, but there could also not be something. And, and and I would say it's more likely there is not something, but we just don't have enough data to answer that. Okay. Uh, I like, I like that basically the circuitous conversation that led to no conclusion. So next, next year, Lamar's in the playoffs. Um, you just trust your numbers or do you feel, at, at, you know, gun shy to bet on him? I trust my numbers. I, I, I wouldn't be gun shy at all. Okay. Um, last thing from this game, uh, from this week, or sort of the first, what, we've had eight, eight games, eight playoff games, um, and, and we've had fans and piped in music and piped in noise. Do you guys feel like the home field advantage, like what, would you, what, what are you guys going to price home field at um, for this last round of playoffs? Rufus, go ahead. And then for the Super Bowl, Rufus. Okay. Um, I'm pricing it higher than I have the last few weeks. There are fans in the stands. I mean, what do you think it is? Closer to two now? Well, I think it's higher than two for Green Bay Tampa, personally. I mean, I'm using the weather and everything. Yeah. I mean, there's the cold acclimatization effect uh, at play, which I think probably, good in my head, adds a point. I think it adds a lot. So you, um, spoiler alert, you're going to like Green Bay this week, right? Yeah. Or at least lean. Um, I don't, I don't love them again. Like you I have my the two number, teams I, rated my fairly. number, 
my number with like a normal home field is like 3.8. Got it. So, so you have the two teams rated phenomenal. pretty closely then. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think Tampa, I think they, they're both elite teams. Basically I have uh Tampa Bay's Massey Peabody rating 6.01 green Bay 7.42. If you throw out priors, just based on this season alone, I have green Bay at 8.6 and Tampa Bay at 5.5. So there's a bigger difference in the no prior rating Tampa, like Brady's benefiting a little bit from the prior uh, and, and green Bay is getting hurt because well, Aaron Rodgers last year and the year before, uh, was not particularly amazing. And but, then New Orleans is still like a 10. Of 11, course. Something like that. No. They're, they're a little lower now, but I think they still are number one. Okay. Um, wait, wait I, in New Orleans' defense, they, if they don't turn the ball over four times, they, you know, or if, <laughs> if, if that turnover battle is even, they win the game and it's probably not that close. Well, what about what about the uh, the Baltimore game, right? The the it was a weird game, right? Because Baltimore completely outgained um, the Bills. Uh, yet, obviously, the Bills look like they kind of dominated Baltimore. Do you guys think that that game was also much closer than the, the score would indicate? That's what I was getting at when I was like, I think they had six trips inside the Buffalo thirty. They got three points. Like yeah. the pick six from the end zone. Tucker missed two field goals. Then they went for it on fourth down once with Huntley that failed. Uh, so, I mean, then that was late where it probably wouldn't have impacted the game would have impacted teasers for people out there that like to tease NFL football games. Uh, I know everyone was rooting for that, but uh, yeah, I, I think it was, you know, I, I had ESPN guys, the research team looked this up this week. They, uh, the bills since 2001, if I was asking you, how many other times do you think a team in the playoffs were outgained in their first two games prior to a AFC or NFC championship game? Since 2001, how many times do you think it's happened? Outgained twice, they still made the AFC or NFC championship. Outgained in total huh? yards or yards per play? Just total yards. How many years? Pretty often. How many times has it happened? A good Other amount. than the Bills. A lot. That's my guess. But I how many, not, given it's how many years? Yeah. It's two. I don't it's, know how many. Since 2001, so basically 20 seasons. It happened in 2017, the Jaguars did it. And then last year, the Titans did it. And then this year, the Bills just did it. But it's, it's a, like way less than I would have guessed. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, because, I mean, the pro, what's the prop normally of the team that wins the game has the most yards? The team that has the most I think yards part of it is game. that two teams generally don't play. They get the buys, and they're the better teams in each conference. And so they don't play two games before an AFC or NFC championship. So I think the sample there is just not as big as you think initially. But I was still surprised, and it just wasn't even a thing until more recently. But uh, anyways, I, I, I'm, ste- I'm definitely somewhat – bearish on Buffalo and Josh Allen as a whole going into Arrowhead and Mahomes probably playing. We'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I, I think, I think in a different, like I said, there's another path where Baltimore wins that game. And I think it's pretty clear, you know, not even withstanding the injury to Lamar um, and some other things, if they go one way over another, they, you know, they take care of business. I agree with that precedent. And I actually still have Baltimore rated higher than I do Buffalo at least in the regular mass CP body. So. After adjusting for that game. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, Rob Pizzola just turned over in his grave, right? Yeah. I, I have Buffalo now ahead, even, even right before the playoffs, they passed up the Ravens for me. So, uh, but it's not by much anyways. Um, but Rob, he's, he's been right, to, man. I have, right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I have Buffalo rated like is the, you know, with no priors, they're the number two team. It's green Bay, Buffalo, New Orleans in that order, just based on this season. New Orleans ahead of Kansas City. 
that's not that that's basically i mean that's eliminating the saints denver game um and but the no QB game yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah does anyone remember that quarterback's name i can't even remember it now the wake forest guy this the the receiver from wake forest yeah starts with an h right no maybe not john wolford no different i want to say laquan treadwell but i know that's not it uh okay um bill simmons do you guys ever listen to his podcast i kind of like i listen to it just because i i find it entertaining he has he has really good guests sometimes um obviously the 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 sports betting talk is is um interesting and this week he was uh he has a 27 to 1 ticket on the bill a bill's buck super bowl and so they were talking today or talking whenever they were doing, I guess it was Sunday, um, on, on how to hedge this. Okay. And, you know, they, they were sort of like struggling with how to hedge it. Um, the, the simplest way in my mind, right, would be to, to, to sort of bet money line on Green Bay in, in the first game. And then are they the first they, game? Yeah, I, I believe so. And if they lose, um, then you have to basically kind of double down plus some, and you probably end up like giving up eight to one odds or so, or one to eight odds roughly, if those are those are both two to one. To get yeah, that's that that's way I would do it. Yeah, if Tampa Bay wins that, then you know you're twenty seven to one. If the Bucks upset the Packers, then you can hedge at that point pretty obviously. Um, so yeah, that's that's the direction. And then I if you if you will, if, hedge. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's the Occam's razor, the simplest way to do things is sometimes is, is there like a round Robin way like to do this where you round Robin the, 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 is that what they said? I haven't listened to this episode. They they, they, they try to like parlay the other sides or something. They they were like talking about parlays and like they were, it was, it was very, because you could definitely lose both if you do that. So they actually had someone DM me about that recently, maybe a week or two ago about a hedge situation. And yeah, I think, I, I probably did away too much earlier in my time betting to be completely honest, but a lot of people out there are like, they way overthink it and they're trying to like parlay other sides and hope that they all line up where if one goes down, like you could easily just end up losing everything and there's no true hedge in, or middle and some of the past, you know, people try to take. So yeah, definitely uh, I would caution people to do that. Hedging doesn't really, if you're trying to parlay multiple eggs, isn't going to you know, pay off generally. Yeah, and yeah, remember, and then, you're eating the vig a second time. You ate the vig. Well, yeah, there's that side of it too. But yeah, yeah. well, this is when like one of those. You, I think in 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 this case, let's not take Simmons because Simmons obviously has a ton of money, so he's not doing yeah. this from a utility standpoint. But let's just say that you're some rando who went out to Vegas and put you know a hundred bucks on this or whatever. And twenty seven hundred bucks is 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 a lot of money for you, like right? Six months of rent or something. Yeah, like it's you know that there is like some utility here that you want to you feel like you you found money and and we've talked about hedging, you know, not just the eating the big thing, but like Rufus, your take on hedging is is never to do it unless you think you're getting positive EV on the hedge bet itself, right? Wait, that's that's my philosophy. There's a certain amount of money where I would. So you would, you would I would give up EV. For example, yes, I would. So for example, for the sports betting national championship, going into that last game, um, you know, a how, million, did you, how did you do in that? Did you did you win that? We're uh, you know third place, bronze medal. 
but <laughs> I was no, we like we were ready to fire uh like a three hundred thousand dollar bet um on you know basically to hedge to lock in like a good amount of money there. Um that that's a situation where I'm fine hedging. Yeah. But it, it's the amount of money where you're okay, I guess sacrificing EV to hedge is gonna be different for everybody. Yeah, it's just a comfortability question, which I, I'm never gonna talk down on someone that wants to hedge because you know a thousand dollars or two thousand well, is a big score for them. So you hedge the uh, you hedge the the, the cheese, I, right? Rufus coin's been freaking all over the place. I, I didn't know what to do there. Well, you but, know, Rufus, I mean, Rufus like so, I, I went in pretty yeah. big because I knew I was going to do the 2021 thing, so I was fine putting a, a big chunk up for the Calcutta, but. Um, and I, and I sold a little bit of, uh, of my action there anyways, but it was still probably for Kansas city. I don't know. It was probably about seven or eight X what I would typically bet on a game. And I still had obviously high equity in the Browns covering eight and a half anyways, and Kansas city still winning the game. So I thought it was fine. And that's why I just made the snap decision. And but it wasn't seven or eight. Are you guys, first off, are you guys 50, are you guys 50, 50 on this? Or is there a difference? That's, that's this is not. We, okay, this that's is fine. Not I, I, I sold. I sold some of also, mine. Also, okay, because yeah. I know Rob bought some. I don't know, who, like, if he, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And are there, are there silent partners involved? I, I did trade with. Uh, I I traded with Peter. He would be fine saying I traded five percent Kansas City for eight percent Bills. So I actually okay. kind of have a built-in hedge there just by chance. But uh, I, he because he's he's like I hated the price I paid for Buffalo. I wish I had gone higher on Kansas City and. I said, well, I'm actually fine. Like at a premium, getting some buffalo. So we worked out a trade there. But uh, regardless, it was still. I, I was. I felt like uncomfortable after Mahomes the way I saw him get up. Where I was like, I gotta. I gotta play some Browns. But um, anyways, I mean, back in the day when I was like, I was like grinding in game like really hard in the NBA and college basketball primarily, and I would trade money lines like quite a bit, or I would bet like the Warriors when Steph Curry comes in off the bench versus when he goes out and just set up middles that I only needed to hit, you know, one out of 21 times where it was profitable. And it was, it was the way lower risk, you know, lower variance way of doing it. Um, and part of me wishes I didn't do that as frequently. So maybe, so I think in the end probably learned that it was incorrect to do. Um, but in, in, in occasions where, yeah, if you have 27 to one and you can lock up, you know, eight to 12 X or whatever would end up being in that range. I'm totally fine with people doing that and just don't go about it by parlaying the other sides. Cause that might not work out. And I would say also, if you're, if you're betting a bunch of futures with the intention of hedging them out later, um, think about the essential, think about the added cost to your EV there. So if you think you have like a 5% edge on something, but you think you're going to be hedging it out later, that 5% edge is a little bit less. Yeah. That it's, you know, maybe not. It's. I think most people not, they can determine that their edges five percent aren't really hedging very frequently, anyways. Yeah, it's hedging is tough, man. Because if, if if you bet, if you're betting for fun and utility, like f- the fun utility, like and you hedge and would have won, it it's a crappy feeling, also. Like when you're like a like you know Simmons is at a point where he's going to win twenty seven to one on a Bills Bucks Super Bowl. Wouldn't he rather just ride in the sunset with that with that win and be like, I called the Super Bowl. What whatever weeks left to go and and I don't know. He went all Vegas Dave on it, huh? You know Vegas Dave. I mean, you you can't go a podcast without mentioning him. He's also your man crush. Him and David Al. I don't know which one is more your man crush. 
him or Davido. Um, let's yeah. go to this week's games. Um, we have, as we mentioned, the first game of the week, uh, which is the Green Bay Packers at home giving, it looks like three and a half plus money to Tampa Bay. So it's really close to a minus three, I guess. Um, the total's 51. Um, we have any thoughts on weather or anything like that? Like there's that whole, so if, if people that didn't listen to the podcast with David Ow, he, he talked a lot about this climatization, meaning like, you know, that, that, that teams that come from warm weather climates are just not used to cold weather. So like the Colts going to Buffalo wasn't as big a deal because even though they played in a zone, they, a dome, they live in a cold place, Tampa, obviously. And, and they even made a comment to Brady about how his, his blood was getting thinner. And he, he said, yeah, you know, like it, it, it does feel that way. He's always been reasonable in cold weather, obviously playing and living in, in, in new England. Um, it sounds like Rufus, you think that, that there's something to this, you, you know, your line, like you said, is, is, uh, is, is over three. Um, but and, at, at 3.5, obviously you, you don't like either side. Yeah. Well, for, first off really quickly to go back, I wanted to say, you know, your comment about the sort of mental difficulty of hedging and how you kind of, if you hedge, you then root for the original bet to have lost. I think it's the easiest way to deal with that is to sort of have a process ahead of time. Like for example, so if I invest in stocks and I sell something or like Bitcoin, like if, when I, if I sold some Bitcoin at like, you know, 35,000, it went up to 45,000 or 40,000. And I was like, why did I sell? Cause I don't have a, a, I don't have a process there. I don't have some, a rubric to make the decisions. I'm kind of just flying by the seat of my pants and same with stocks. I'm like, well, why didn't I buy more? Or why didn't I, you know, why did I sell then instead of this other time? But I think if you give yourself sort of a rule beforehand, then um, you won't, that you stick by, you won't second guess it as much. So for example, like my bets, I, I don't ever make a bet and say, I wish I'd bet more after one, because I basically, I'm doing things a certain way and, and the decisions are made ahead of time. Um, and that sort of permit, prevents me from sort of make, feeling like I made a bad emotional decision. Uh, to the Green Bay Tampa Bay game though, I do think, uh, you know, I forgot that David Dowd mentioned that last week, but originally this, this is something that when I was, um, when I was doing research for a professor back in college on, I, I did a lit review over summer on all the sports betting, uh, all, all literature on sports betting markets and how it pertained to financial markets. And there was, um, there were multiple papers on this sort of cold weather acclimatization effect. Basically, it's when warm weather teams are visiting cold weather cities and uh, there's a big temperature gradient between that warm weather, the, the, temp well, the temperature that previous week in the warm weather city um, and, you know, what the game time temperature is. And I actually pulled that. I, I, I Googled and found the paper. I saw you tweet that, actually. Yeah, it's from it, it, Richard Bor Borghesi, a professor at USF out of in Tampa Bay, of all places, or St. Petersburg. And that, that uses data from 1981 to 2004, which is quite dated, of course. And I, I wouldn't really read anything into the market efficiency aspect there. But the fact that the market was inefficiently handling this back then basically says that, that it, to me, that it does have some impact. And I don't have the data myself on what the temperature was in the, the road team city the week before. I've looked overall at, at sort of warm weather teams playing cold weather team playing or warm weather teams 
playing road games in cold weather. And like it, the, there is some evidence there, um, marginal evidence, I'll say um, it, that it does matter at the extremes, but at the same time um, there's going to be a difference between like, you know, Carolina playing like Baltimore when it's 32 degrees, then Carolina playing like green Bay when it's 32 degrees. Right. I mean, there's going to be situations where in Carolina it was 40 degrees um, versus like, you know, in Tampa Bay, you know, it's going to be 70 degrees and they're going and and it's going to be what 40 plus degrees colder. So um, I I do like, in short, I do think it is, it is an impact and there's psychological, there's sort of, there's research in psychology um, and this paper kind of chronicles that. And I'd be interested in your opinion, Preston, if you, if you looked at it, um, the, or the physiological effects, sorry, not psychology, the physiological effects of cold. Um, and that, that kind of plays into it. So um, I think that that makes my opinion on Green Bay a little stronger. But again, at this point in the season, you're not really seeing lines that are just way off. So this is probably one of the, the bigger, I guess, I mean, I don't want to say bigger edges. I mean, I make it three and a half without with typical home field without a prior or with a prior 5.1 without a prior um, add in the home field, added home field. And I mean, I don't think it's a bad play at all on Green Bay, but it's not. Um, yeah, I lean, I'll, I'll say I lean that way. I don't, I don't know. Like we, we bet it earlier for sure. What'd you get it at minus three even? No, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't think we got a great price. Uh, but it's it's not logged in my document here. Preston, can you can you follow that really eloquent soliloquy that Rufus Rufus <laughs> just was able to to spit out with something equally as he, as he did eloquent? Right. So, a couple of things. First and foremost, I don't. I wish I could credit who I heard this from last week. Um, it was either prior or right after. The Rams game, but I believe Lambeau Field's home field in the playoffs is 12% better than the next best home field in the playoffs historically. So uh, there's something potentially there in that regard. Uh, I did hear, I think, was it Damian Woody that they had on, on Daily Wager today? And he made an interesting point. Doug, oh, I don't watch that garbage. It. Sorry. I know. I know. So that's why I got to bring these things to your attention. This is These are the gems that we throw out there. But he said that it's not necessarily the fact that it's cold, but it's the things you do to stay warm that bug the players, whether it be wearing thermals or like rubbing Vaseline apparently on your arms and legs keeps you warmer as a thing and just wearing extra clothes. You're not typically accustomed to playing in that much clothing. Or like, for example, Jared Goff was throwing for the third time in his life with a glove on. He ended up being fine. He practiced all week with a glove, but that's like another thing for a quarterback where he's at a disadvantage, probably throwing with a glove than if he was, you know, not cold and throwing regular. So he says, it's not necessarily like, Oh, I'm so cold. I'm going to play worse. It's that you're wearing all this extra stuff to stay warm and be comfortable that can hinder your play, which I think maybe there is something there. And that kind of came from a former player. Uh, So there's that as far as the study goes. Yeah. I mean, there's going to, I don't know, a lot of literature and I don't want to really get into it because I, obviously studied and I had even started my PhD before I just quit school, but I, you can make cases for both sides in a lot of things and depending on how you frame things and, and Rufus, you obviously did a bunch of stuff yourself, but in the psychology field, it was just like it, for some reason, it always tilted me and kind of irked me that you could 
skew and tilt numbers or samples from certain studies that just like you could basically drive your own narrative. Uh, so unless like maybe it's just because I understood and like in doing what we do, just this, the effectiveness of sample size and, and that type of thing. And a lot of studies in psychology, you're they're doing like sample size of 100 and a placebo sample size of 100. And it's just like not even it could just be totally random anyway. So to, to not go down that whole path, uh, I don't put a ton of stock in a lot of the studies, but uh, to his point, it was like a lot of years. And so uh, I think there's, there is probably evidence, whether it be 2004 and earlier or post 2004, that the cold weather is going to play a factor. It certainly doesn't help the road team. So if you have it three and a half, you know, and you can get a three at some point this week, and that's like three and a half. It's like the, you talk in poker, like bottom and tops of ranges. If three and a half is like the bottom of the Green Bay range for Rufus and he can get a three, you know, then that might end up being uh, a pretty good price when he accounts for the weather when he accounts for the no prior being more like 5.1, um, right. There's just more upside on the green Bay side in that regard. So uh, yeah, I, I don't hate green Bay either. Like I said, I definitely would bet it if it ever got to two and a half, like that Tampa saints move last week. Looks like the, the weather, what I'm seeing, I don't know what you have in forecast Rufus, but it looks like 50% chance of snow in the sort of probably 28 degree range. Um, typical Green Bay January weather, I guess. What's that? And I said it sounds like typical Green Bay January weather. And yes. and the whole thing about Tampa, you know, Brady having played in the cold and all that. I mean, look, I lived in American Samoa for a few months and I came back. I went to, you know, I then I went to I guess I was in France for Christmas and goddamn it was cold, you know. I'd been, I've been in winters before, but it's colder if you're not used to it. And I think at least my body like got n- not used to it pretty quick. So Rufus, you basically just gave us a sample size one anecdotal thing that proved what you had spent time talking about researching, doing analytics work on looking up papers on. So Yeah, but I mean, I, I do think that, yes, yes. That's Jeff, if I asked you... If you could choose one quarterback in the history of the game that you would trust to go on the road in cold weather and win a playoff game, who would you choose? Um, Tony Romo. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, I thought you meant commentator. He, he botched it, though, at the end of that KC game a few times. Actually, I mean, I probably, it. honestly, probably. Like, like probably the, Brady. Right? At the peak Brady. of their career or like. Sure. Yes, of yeah. course, he's not as good as he was Brady. in his peak, but just in, in general, like. Brady, but like, but I think, I think what we, what we've just said with this climatization thing, which is like, like you guys, you guys have basically convinced me that if we're going to, that, that hedging right now, because I was just looking at the Calcutta numbers, right? As long as we don't get shut out this week. Meaning we're, we're net positive. Yeah. We're net positive, right? So as long as we don't go zero and two, right? So is is That's the <laughs> is the play in this case? We just shoot. We just we just text uh, your friend Bill and ask him what we should do. <laughs> I mean, I that's what I said going into last week. As long as I don't go zero and two, I'm net positive, <laughs> and then I went zero and two. Yeah, that it also had like an eight year old quarterback. I will say it helps that Tampa's favorite. Tampa's paid itself favorite. off anyways, so I like I'm less inclined to hedge anyway, just because Tampa. They are going to be the lowest seed in the final four, four percent plus six and a half percent. I mean, and, and plus the problem is, that, so let's move on, right? And the problem to the next game, the problem is that I think we're probably all going to see some value. If if at, if at any side the value is going to be on on Kansas City this week, right? Wait, what? 
And then you heard that, me, so you can okay. disagree with me if you don't think that's true. Completely disagree. This is one I have a strong opinion on. I, whoa, I took Buffalo. Whoa, whoa, I like it. Dissension. I think people are underestimating the tail risk with Mahomes. The fact that he could not play or could be very limited. What if he's himself? What's your number? 2.2. Okay. So that's, again, that's like the bottom of the Bills exactly. range for you is that they're only two and a half or two. Okay. And I, I think I, I see, okay, if Mahomes is announced healthy, I think the farthest, I mean, I, I could see the game, game going to three and a half and I'm basically losing 4% equity having taken plus three. Yeah. Four point whatever percent, depending on what you think the three is worth these days, four and a half percent or so, I guess. So, and what is your number there without priors? It must be much higher. Um, no. with, without priors, it's yeah. Kansas City minus 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah, it'd be I a have the Bills is a better team this season. Because Kansas City hasn't covered in like four seasons or something so what yeah. what about kansas city using the good playbook versus the bad playbook that's the oh. real question that rufus probably hasn't modeled yet it's true well no okay. i i have i've modeled it i modeled it for the calcutta actually i need to see um <laughs> i did use that for my future sims but i haven't actually integrated it into the weekly the daily sheet but i don't you think did it's give them be like a bump impact. because you gave them a bump because they're better and oh that whole like overperforming against better teams. Exactly. Rufus, have you looked yet what your line is if Chad Henney starts and Mahomes doesn't play? So uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be way too old, high. So he Kansas probably City. likes Henny. Exactly. He's old and white. He likes old white quarterbacks. <laughs> I think I make it a six point difference. And I think I'm, I'm on the low end for sure there. Okay. No, I'm, I'm right six point difference same. from with Mahomes from where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, not all six points are created equal anyway. And, and that's a six point on average. So through the zero, yeah. I, I think like, what would you think the line, the market would price it at the game? I, I'm Kansas a little City. surprised after the fact that he practiced all day today and seems to be fine that it hasn't ticked back to three and a half. Uh, that's closer to where my projection is anyway. So uh, if he's officially declared in uh, maybe there's just enough, you know, Buffalo love that, you know, pushes this or keeps it, excuse me, at three, regardless. Uh, maybe you would scoot more three and a half if it did. And so it just pushes it right back down. Uh, I, I, I mean, Buffalo, there were people that liked the Ravens early last week that had them closer to, you know, pick maybe Rufus included actually. And they liked them at, you know, two and a half. And then the Buffalo action midweek to late week, you know, moved it to two and a half juiced again or whatever. I'm not sure if it ever hit three. Uh, I don't recall seeing really a, a legitimate three, but you know, that's, I guess, you know, the market does like Buffalo. So maybe this just hangs three, uh, but I, my, I would still bet on it going to three and a half once Mahomes confirmed. Um, but I could be wrong. I mean, nobody's talking about his toe either. Did you see how people are he talking about around? it? But, okay. But I yeah. mean, it's not the major story. There's yeah. I, it's hard to know. That's just total uncertainty. Like how, you know, is he 95%? with the toe or is he 75 percent or you know who, who knows but uh anita marks did say again on this show that i'm on called daily wager she said today she she's had turf toe twice and it it hurts so take that for what you anita will marks i love you anita the, anita marks is the sweetest human being that i know that you should well she played professional to. football which i didn't actually know until oh, recently yeah, yeah. But, but she played so I, I, i'm not just saying that but she, she definitely uh she likes to buy half points a lot and tease a lot. And she knows I tease her for it actually plenty, but um, she has had the injury and she says, there's just no way he's hundred percent this weekend. She loves the bills. So for whatever that's worth. 
Uh-oh. Good luck with this. But I do think, I mean, Mahomes is not, I mean, Mahomes is someone whose athleticism and movement is a part of his game. His ability to like extend plays and make those incredible throws. And if he's, if he doesn't move right, I mean, that's a, it's it's so, it's like so fascinating everything you're saying here. Why? Because like, just think about it, right? The narrative. You are now making this bet based on your assessment of Patrick Mahomes' health when you blindly bet the Saints based on a much older, much probably more injured Mm. quarterback. Yeah. Without any sort of, uh, you know, like this is you fitting a narrative to sort of what you want. No. So first off my numbers, as Preston said, like I'm, I show a lean to Buffalo, even if Mahomes is fully healthy. That's, that's, that's fair. And right? I but think, like everything that think, all the conjecture you're saying now, right. Is all just justifying that in a, in, in a way that. Well, no. So, so I'm saying, what if there's a 5% probability that Mahomes doesn't play or that what Mahomes if you is, own Kansas city and Calcutta, would your opinion change? <laughs> no i well i probably put that probability higher because i you know just to convince myself to hedge i don't know do you think but, what do you what do you guys think the percentage chance that he does not play in this game i.e does well, not start this not game? to keep mentioning the same things over and over but joey kanish tweeted earlier today that he would make it minus 1000 mahomes plays so, right minus a thousand so that that means right but but if you think there's a that's still 10 percent that he doesn't or a little less than 10%. I was going to say a little less, but let's not get into semantics. I mean, if you, so, I mean, isn't it a little more? And, and I difference... said 91, but I, I'm pretty sure it's 91. Right. Well, Anyways. less than 10%. He doesn't, but oh, got you. Yeah. So <laughs> fewer, fewer, fewer percentages. Um, <laughs> but, but if you think about that, like what the difference, I think the market values the difference between these quarterbacks more than six points. I think Buffalo probably closes like minus what four and a half, five. If, let me let me counter let me any, counter Rufus. So, do you have any worry? I'm interrupting you just because. No, Jeff, no, The do you have any concern? You're going to say no, but I think points need to be made that you have a Buffalo team that still only managed to score once at home against the Ravens. It's one touchdown. They scored another field goal, and Josh Allen wasn't great, and they didn't really have a run game. Zach Moss got injured for the season the week prior. Now they are going on the road, which we just talked about. We think going on the road, obviously in the playoffs, like there's going to be. Uh, I don't know. It's Josh Allen. He's young. He's going on the road. He the offense really hasn't clicked. You know, happened with the Colts two weeks in a row. They've been out gained. The Colts, you know, almost scored like seven or eight of their drives. The Ravens were inside the thirty-six times. Uh, I I just I don't the after finally getting the Bills to being the second best team in the AFC in my ratings going into the playoffs. It was like week sixteen. I think they made the jump. They've like absolutely underperformed since. So I'm like finding ways that I, I feel like maybe the priors on Buffalo were obviously wrong, but not as wrong as they looked, you know, a month ago. So anyways, those are just some concerns I'd have for the Buffalo side. It's not one I would typically bet unless you could get like a money line price in the minus 135 range, which popped up for a while earlier this week. Uh, it's pretty close to, you know, at minus three, minus 115, minus 110. That's, that's going to be closer to where I think it should be. Okay. Yeah, I grabbed some. I grabbed two and a half, like right when there was all that indecision at the at the open. Um, and that was like fifty and pick, and we were Jeff and I were texting, and I just wasn't even like. I I had I didn't see the fifty posted anywhere. Otherwise, I would have. Been. I think Chris was the one of the main books that 
didn't they put didn't a line up for it. a while, but everywhere else, like for sure, Pinnacle was there. Bet online, some other shops, even like in Vegas, had it. Uh, but they obviously didn't last. I, Rufus, do you have a total for the game if Mahomes is 100%? Like the 2.2, what's the total there? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Let's see. I have a few. Um, I have a few different. I, I actually. I kind of like the under thing. for a few reasons, but theoretically, if Mahomes plays 54, is like pretty good. So I, my number is 54 and a half before factory and weather. So the weather will probably make it lower. We're guessing because that number is factored in like what play like dome type conditions or. We'll just yeah. Pristine. Well, actually, but technically, we'll never. Well, it's kind of meaningless because I just need to have an input here. So, what we what are what's the wind and? I don't have it up. I don't think it's supposed to be wild or anything. Grass field that makes it a little lower. I'll look. I'll look it up. The weather. Do you guys know if this is Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri? It's a good question. You should ask Trump. Sunday looks forty-five degrees, forty percent chance of precipitation. Ooh. But this 40, is at 45? night, so it's probably going to be like a little bit colder than that. Probably Wind like nine cold. miles an hour, I think. Is probably in the third, like high thirties per- would be my guess on the temperature. Is this like five p.m. local time? Five forty yeah. uh, time. Six p.m. probably. Six oh five or six fifteen. Yeah. Wait, it's a, it's a Although, is it Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas? Because you know there's two. Wait, really? Right. Yeah. I never knew that. Oh no, it would be five forty. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's late. <laughs> Um, how about the other game, Rufus? You never told us what your total was in the other game. It's 51 is what Chris has it at. What do you have it at? Hold on. I'm proud of you guys not mentioning the first matchup between these two teams throughout the whole pro- uh, podcast. And the week six, 38-10, Tampa Bay matches up great against the Packers. Well done. Are you saying that because you think that would be the natural inclination? Yeah, I mean, like everyone was talking about Buccaneers Saints too, and then sure enough, Buccaneers win, you know, outright. And well, I mean, the Chiefs one is even the bigger one to ignore, right? Because that, that was played in these ridiculous conditions, and the Chiefs just ran all over them. Yeah, and the Bills' rush defense has been quite a bit better since then. That's the Matt Milano factor, right? That's what we decided that Matt Milano makes the big difference. Oh my on god! Their defense. What? No, nothing. So okay, I make it fifty-three and a half. Oh, so you like a you like a, mm, maybe a teeny bit over. over? Yeah, maybe that's maybe with snow or, or the weather. Or is that, that, that's the, the no the, weather. The snow's not going to pull it down. No, that that has like twenty seven degrees and eight miles an hour. That's so you, what it was. Yeah, you have last the time weather in, but it is the weather I mean, is very would, difficult to quantify at sort of the extreme low stuff. Like the margin of error there is really, really, really high. I kind of feel like we should bet some over right now at 51 minus Man. 109. I'm, I'm not, I'll be honest. I'm not confident enough in my totals. I'm not doing anything with it. Yeah. But what's better to have an O what's better than having an over and an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Tom Brady playoff game. game. I mean, uh, that, that alone, like if you could tell me I was minus you know, <laughs> half a percent, I'd still bet it. And get out. Minus half me. a percent so that you could root for points. <laughs> you tell me that's the most Jeff thing I've ever heard. You, you tell me that there's some good enough for me. Like saying there's a chance. <laughs> Not I'm uh, that much. I'm okay with it. I'm 52. Yeah, as long as I get the enjoyment for what it's what, worth. You, you can't oh, okay, press on my enjoyment to root for the over. Yeah, you, I would lean that direction, but not enough to 
I mean, but it, and then and then honestly, aren't aren't we basically saying based on everything that you guys have said, right? Which is the, in the or at least what Rufus has said in terms of the potential uncertainty around Mahomes that the under fifty four is for sure a play. That's where I was getting at, wondering where yeah. Rufus's number was because well, Rufus's number theoretically, if he's putting higher. if he's putting stock in Mahomes potentially not playing for one to begin with, or just being limited. And I still think there are question marks with Buffalo's offense that have maybe presented themselves the last two weeks in the playoffs. Like I, I kind of like it, but also I think 54 is fair with a healthy. Well, Mahomes. I mean, let's say Mahomes is announced in, it goes to three and a half. It probably pops to 55, 56. I think the open then, you know, during the Browns game, Westgate, I believe had it minus four and 56. So for what it's worth, that's, I think, probably a little high, though. I don't think it would get back to that number. But three and a half and like 54 and a half. You never know about these things, man. They're like, Mahomes looks good. I mean, the other thing, too, is like, I would feel fairly confident that if Mahomes plays and plays well, that they still will be somewhat conservative with him. That was my assumption, too. They're they're not going to really run him or they're going to tell him never take a hit. And so, you know, he might be sliding down a yard or two earlier on a few occasions, or they're not going to run the speed option play, which on short seems to always work whenever they run it, goal line or midfield. What it doesn't matter if it's fourth, third and one, they just always pick that up. Um, so if they're not running that play anymore and they're trying to run between the tackles, maybe they fail on one of those occasions instead. And yeah, so the, I think there is upside under potentially just in the way that Andy Reid calls the game on top of uh, Mahomes health. All right, guys. This is cool. This was fun. Hopefully people are okay with you and your last appearance ever on Bet the Process. I was glad um, you guys gave me one more chance. I yeah, you did well. That. You did you did really well. <laughs> you, you skipped the handball stuff, which is good. Yeah, well we'll maybe we'll, we'll talk be in touch. We'll be in touch. We'll let you know our decision. Yeah, we'll let you know how we'll let <laughs> you know how we'll let you know how much Twitter hates us again after this. So um, thanks for listening, guys, if you made it through this, and uh, we'll talk to you guys all next week. What I mean, you got to look forward to the Rufus Super Bowl prop episode, which is just around the corner. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of Reddit.